Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast, the show about the show, the show within the show. We thank you for being part of the Permission Granted Podcast each and every week. This is the show that goes behind the scenes, and you can get it on its own podcast feed. If you want to search Permission Granted, you can get us there. Also, you can get it on the normal DA Show podcast feed. So anywhere that you get your podcast, you can get either the DA Show and Permission Granted podcast or just the Permission Granted podcast. A.B. joins me now for Side A. Andrew Bogish is Marez's out this week. A.B., welcome to Side A. DA, thanks for having me. It's so nice on this side. Side B is, um, it's loud, it's cramped, it's dark, there's a lot of forced <laughs> giants and Yankees talk. I, I love it here. And you have to deal with Merez singing to you at the outset of Side B each and every week. And my favorite, my favorite thing to do when I listen to the PGP is coming out of Side B when he's like, I forget what he sings or how he does it. You, how are you? And you just... Every week, you're more beaten down in annoyance by how he sings introing you. Yeah, and part of it, though, I think actually is more frustration with him stumbling upon something out of sheer idiocy yeah. that's partially entertaining. Like, there, it almost, every once in a while, like every third week, it almost sounds good, which <laughs> then bothers me too. Not not just the singing part, but he actually stumbles upon like a couple of good like lyrics as well. So it's just like enough's enough with this guy. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I love the ones where you're just like you pause after he's done and you're like, Hi Sean. <laughs> We're done <laughs> yeah. with this. Stupid and now what am I gonna do this week? Because I have to open up side B, so what do I do to start the show this time? Be a professional broadcaster, which you're really, really good at. Just do that. And that would be more than fine. So today we got down the rabbit hole of John Sally. We're talking about Tuesday's show as, I don't even know how he got there. Oh, uh, Hawaiian Tony Danza tweeted about how John Sally didn't make his return appearance this summer. He usually does this to promote some type of box DVD set from the 90s. 
And then Pete just went all out and unloaded like 12 different John Sally drops, each of which <laughs> were more entertaining than the last, which then got us down the road of how John Sally mispronounced every name of every actor in every one of the movies he was promoting. Yes, I don't know why we missed out on John Sally this summer. I hope he's still alive. He always wishes us a happy being alive day. <laughs> John Sinner is in that one. That's my guys. There's there's always a terrible M. Night Shyamalan movie that he's trying to peddle us. Next time it'll be old. M. Night Shyamalan did it again, man. My buddy M. Night Shyamalan. Life is nothing but a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. That's terrible. I mean, can you believe he quoted that from Forrest Gump? Oh, my God. All four, the original four Batman, my favorite being the one right. with Jack Nicholson and, and right. Michael Keaton. Yeah. Uh, where did they get a load of me? Now, I'm so happy you guys are still alive. My guy, John <laughs> Senna, my other best Big friend, M. Night Shamanad. John Senna is in that one. That's my guy's. Big time wrestler. <laughs> oh, thanks. Could you tell us more about the guy you don't know his last name? <laughs> Seriously. Great, great movie. You wouldn't American movie. It was one of my favorite movies of all time. Did you say American movie? One of the yeah, great yeah. American movies? As opposed American to American movie. It was one of my favorite movies of all time. As opposed to all the foreign films John Sally consumes. I uh, I love that movie. Okay. Uh, Kim Basinger. I still want to say. Oh, Kim Basinger. <laughs> Hard to do. It's hard to do. It's also one of my greatest fears is because, as I said on the air Tuesday, it's hilarious, but it's also a complete tell that you're BSing people right, when you yeah. say, oh, I love this guy or I love yeah. this thing, and then you mispronounce the name. Normally, I mean, you could, I guess, mispronounce it by accident, but like, I'm always afraid. I'm like, oh, I love this guy, and then I say his name wrong as if he's a stranger to me, so like, then I don't love him. I'm just blowing smoke. So like, I don't even know if John Sally has met John Senna. If he's calling no. him John Cena and not John Cena. Right. John Cena for John Cena. M. Night Shamanad for M. Night yes. Shyamalan. And then Kim Basinger instead of Kim Basinger. The last one, though, everyone has always had a problem with, right? Hasn't that okay. been the whatever Kim's last name is, Basinger, Bath? Like, that's been, I feel like that's been a debate for a long time, and I don't know the correct way to say it, so I want to give him a pass on that. But John Senna is unacceptable, and M. Night Shamanad can't happen either. <laughs> Not if you're saying, my guy, John Senna, that's my guy, <laughs> or that you love every movie that M. Night Shamanad does then you right. just can't be taken seriously anymore. Like, imagine if I was talking to someone, I was like, I, you know what, I really love working with Damona Mendelaro. <laughs> he's just been, he's done so much for my career. I love the listeners. <laughs> I mean, the Dalians, they're just like, they're my favorite people on this planet. And on a spaceship, I just, you know, it's a, the, the, the Dalians. submarine's a great thing. <laughs> Dalians. <laughs> <laughs> and then Pete just... He just starts crushing it. This is when Pete's really in his, he's in his wheelhouse. Like last week when we are doing the bit of Mraz going, oh no, I mispronounced it again. Oh no, no. And he can't say ostracized. And Pete just keeps pounding the, oh no, oh no. Oh, ostracized, say it, no, say it. Oh no. He, that is 
to me, that is when Bilotti goes into the Michael Jordan 1992 NBA Finals where everything he throws up is good and he just shrugs his shoulders like, man, I'm just this good. That's where Pete is just that good. Yeah, or it's like uh, Will Ferrell in old school where he gives the great presentation and then he like wakes up from it. He's like, what just happened? Like that, like Pete gets into the zone where he doesn't know what he's doing and it's just, it's all magic. And it just, it boggles my mind that, and he's, he's a regular funny guy, like with his voice, but then he's like Robin Williams with those damn drops like the timing of them, the right one to play when there are choices. He doesn't have those skills like as Pete, but as like Pete, the robot playing music drop guy, he's an all-timer. It's just, it's a completely different skill set. And by the way, how he finds them all so fast, as we've joked too about, yeah. he has his own, we, we think it's a conspiracy theory that he, he saves <laughs> all of these clips in weird ways so only he knows where they are, so only he can play them so that no one who's filling in for him can do a better Pete than Pete. Uh-huh. But, and there are times where I feel like he can't find like a Trash Tuesday liner during Trash Tuesday. And you're like, how is he not ready for this? But he had those John Sally things <laughs> ready to go in about six seconds off a conversation that had no heads up. That came out of absolutely yep. nowhere. Yep. And he was ready to go immediately. <laughs> I know. Sometimes I like just throwing him a total curveball out of left field just to see how quickly he can get to the drop. Connor is with us here in studio, and Connor has filled in on the board before. Now, he's in for Mraz this week because Mraz is out, but but he's been on the board when Pete's been out. Connor, how hard is it to find drops under Pete's labeling system? If you haven't done it before, it's really tough because he has it labeled all differently. Some of the stuff is labeled the right way, but then there's even drops where it's like some of them are Mraz, and then some of them are Sean. And then some of them mm-hmm. will be like John Sally, but then some of them are just Sally. So, like, <laughs> you really have to know what you're doing because if you're stepping in for the first time, you have no idea where everything is. <laughs> but once you've done it, you now have an idea of how to speak Pete. You know Pete's brain. Okay. You, you figure out how he works. <laughs> and then you get a sense of, if I was Pete in this situation, <laughs> okay. how would I have saved this? And then you can find it. <laughs> That's so good. So that was hysterical today. Now, today also we unveiled that I emptied my locker with all of this junk, junk that you probably didn't even know that I had, A.B., but we're going to try to sell this on eBay for one cent a piece. I forget which listener sent me this, Pete the Body Bilotti, but this is a 1973 framed Willie Mays card. <laughs> this is Willie Mays, Willie Mays of the Mets, and it's framed. Here is the oil-soaked bird, the duck that I had when I was Zach Morris for Halloween from the Saved by the Bell episode where the oil spill happened at Bayside. I don't know what to do with this duck. How did I get the oil on there? Boy, that's really good. Well, I got some arts and crafts talent here. Oh, Zubaz got some mistletoe for... I don't know when Shep comes in. Oh, more baseball <laughs> cards. A Tim Tebow leaf and <laughs> a 2012 Panini Refractor Brandon Weeding card. Yeah! Again, sent to us from listeners. <laughs> I've got a happy birthday set of happy birthday hats. Oh. When, this is when we celebrated Mraz's birthday without him. That, that's legendary. I might take those. This is part of the floor. 
from Detroit University's old historic Callahan Hall that was excavated in summer 2011, but they sent me a part of the floor in 2013 because we had their coach on for mid-major mothership, and he signed it. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with a portion of the floor from the Detroit Titans home arena. Play some basketball on it. I'm not sure how much we'll... We'll get this stuff bid up to, but I'm excited to see what the actual value of all this trash is. And it'll be super nice when we present this charity with a huge check for 39 cents from the 36 things that we auctioned off for them. So look on eBay for my trash out of the locker, and uh, you can potentially win that as well. And we are announcing our Boise State trip. We have announced it on the show, Wednesday morning show. We talked about it. And, Bogues, you are going to fill in for Mraz because, Mraz, it's literally nine months to the day that Danielle is supposed <laughs> to give birth to their second child, so he can't leave town for that week. We are going out there for the Oklahoma State game against Boise State Saturday, September the 18th. And so you're the righty pulled out of the bullpen. I'm so excited to have you on this trip, man. I think you're going to absolutely love it out there. I mean, I I can't wait to go a few minutes past Pittsburgh. I have not been that far across <laughs> the country in a long time, so I can't wait to see the middle of America. Um, I And thank you again for inviting me. Thanks to Sean and Danielle for having Huge. one yeah. night of non-adult behavior. I don't know <laughs> what led to baby number two, but yeah. it's working out for me here as well. So I really appreciate everyone involved in this. This is going to be awesome, and everybody's fired up to have us back. We were there three years ago, and now that was for San Diego State. This is a big deal. This is the first ever Big 12 team to play a regular season game on the blue turf. So this is a huge scheduling thing for them. So we're going to go out there, and we got a bunch of days out there. So I don't know what you want to do, but they are ready to take us out for dinner and for drinks and to craft breweries and to eat tons of types of potatoes, and to go tailgate. So I hope you're ready because they know how to get down in Boise. Do we get to play in the game too, DA, or just mm. go and watch the football game? I think you might be allowed to be like a backup holder if you'd like. You know what? I could do that. Yeah. I could definitely catch a snap and put it down. <laughs> now, the only thing is that that flight is a monster. There's no direct flights out there. So I think... Yeah. I transfer in Denver. I think I've got a layover in Denver. I think last year we did a layover in Minnesota. Uh, do you know where your flight's flying through? Because you and I are flying on different days. Yeah, I've, I think I have the same general plan as you to Denver, and then I guess I'm, I'm assuming on a smaller plane. But, yeah, that – and I, I'm trying to remember now which way it works worst because I'm a dope. But with the time change, too – it looks even longer yeah. because they factor in those two hours or whatever. It's not three, right? No, They're not weird like Arizona difference. where they do two or three. Yeah, so like, but the time change adds to the length of the trip because all of a sudden it's like later back here. Maybe it's coming home, but either way, you're right. Um, it's a lot of traveling. I've got cool new uh, noise-canceling headphones from our Huge. best friend, Katie Lindendahl, that I'm going to work out to uh, on that break them out on that trip to sleep, hopefully that entire first leg to Denver. So when I get to Boise, I am ready to roll. Yeah, because we're going to fly out different days. I go out Monday after the show. You go out Wednesday after the show. But we're going to be in need of a nice nap when we get on that first flight. So absolutely is the correct play. Neck pillow, and then get that noise-canceling headphones going on. 
You throw those on. You get yourself a bit of a nap over to Denver. Once you land, you know, it's kind of middle of the afternoon because we're going to save two hours going out there. That's good. And then we land. And then that Wednesday night that you're in town, I'm sure there's going to be a big dinner ready to go with a couple of beers. So be prepared when you land because they're going to want to, you know, throw you right into the blender. And I forgot. I mean, I went a couple of days of excitement. I can't believe this has happened. I'm so pumped to go. And then all of a sudden it dawned on me that the show is from 4 to 8 a.m. Boise time. And I got to get up and and find out what happened in baseball the night before, make up all these scripts, find sound to play. I mean, that that sounds like a 2 a.m. wake-up call for me, which is not going to be great, but... I'm done with you at 8 a.m. So, I mean, there's maybe multiple naps per day in Boise. Who knows? Yeah, it's one of the great things that we've never done the morning show out there. We were really mid-mornings last time. Now we're going to be off the air at 8 a.m. You're done for your day until we have our next meet-and-greet event at 8 a.m. So you can go back to the hotel and crash. You can go get breakfast. You can do whatever you want. You know, it's it's pretty amazing to be done with work at 8 a.m. And... All the East Coast sporting events are done two hours earlier and start two hours earlier. So if you wanted to sit down and watch the Mets collapse, you get to do that at at 5 p.m. And then get a full night of sleep because they'll be done before 9. I could sleep for five or six hours. So that's a perfect setup Uh to watch the Mets collapse. Yep. And there's no real commute because, like, everything in Boise is really close together. So you wake up out of the hotel and it's going to be like a five-minute drive in an Uber to the studio. Oh, I can't wait for Pete to be so mad at me that A, I got to go, and B, I have to make him do some of my work because I don't have the same computer setup yeah. out there that I will here at home. He's going to hate me. Yeah, he's really going to hate you. Really going to hate you bad. And we're going to have to have fun. The, we're going to have to have the most fun because Mraz is not coming out there. We're going to have to really, really <laughs> live it up because Mraz is not coming out. Well, you guys, didn't didn't you guys almost insult the San Diego State head coach last time? So what do we need to do to yep. Mike Gundy and OK State? Oh, uh, that's a good question. I'll have to think about that. Yeah, Mraz uh, caught the San Diego State head coach at the elevator bank as he was on the phone saying, you know, lay everything on Boise. And uh, the <laughs> head coach of San Diego State heard that, and then they proceeded to beat the Broncos that, that next day. Right. <laughs> Everything I yeah, so we will not Boise. do that. Yeah, let's try to avoid that. <laughs> so I'm super excited, man. This is going to be awesome. Can't wait. And uh, we'll continue to promote this and talk about it leading up to it. But September the 18th is the game. We're coming up a couple of days before that. But that's the week that we'll be up there, me and AB, coming to the blue turf. So, uh, all right, dude. Well, I'll talk to you tomorrow on the show. All right. Bye, guys. See you. Andrew Bogus joining us on side A here on the Permission Granted podcast, and uh, Connor Green is filling in for Mraz this week. What do you like better, Connor, filling in executive producer when Mraz is out or on the board when Pete's out? They both have their own little benefit. I, I do love doing the board just because you get to fill in with the drops and you-, you feel like at any point you can drop in something that might be funny. But producing's a lot of fun, too, because you have, I think, more of a say in what happens with the show. So if I had to choose between the two of them, I'd probably say producing because you send over a topic sheet. You feel like you have a little bit more influence on the show. You're a big shot. You, you feel like a real, you're the executive producer. You get to be a big Executive. Shot. That's right. You get to be a big shot. And the only thing with coming with that is that there's some pressure if guests don't come through. On Monday's show, Notre Dame radio analyst Ryan Harris was supposed to join us for Sa- Sounds of Saturday. Never called in found out later that he thought it was peeing. 
Now, Ryan Harris thought that he was joining us at 9.30 p.m. I don't know what happened <laughs> in that situation. I have no clue. But I have I have produced shows in the past where that situation has happened, like when I first started. And so now what I always do is I never even assume that people know what time it is, and I never assume if they believe that it's to be East time, you know, East Coast time or West Coast time. I always put in there, even if I say we're based in New York City, this is Connor Green with CBS Sports Radio in New York City, I make sure to send an email that says, can whoever join the show at 9 a.m. ET? And then in the follow-up email, I'll say, just confirming it's Eastern time, because I've had that problem before where it's like, oh, you know. And I think sometimes guests, maybe if all of a sudden they wake up and they're a little tired, oh, you know, I I didn't know. I think sometimes there's that, too. So I like to be explicitly clear about East Coast time, p.m. and a.m. It's a hell of a late interview that Ryan Harris was prepared to do if he's telling the truth. 9.30 p.m.? I don't know if I've ever done an interview at 9.30 p.m. Wow. I had a guest one time. I said, you know, can you join the show at 2.30? And then he actually, is when I was first starting, he said, a.m. or p.m. And no. I said, it, it's p.m. <laughs> Trust me, it's p.m. Don't worry about it. We're not asking for the 2.30 interview. We never ask you to set your alarm to wake up in the middle of the night to join us for an <laughs> right. interview, for a seven-minute interview. So today you also did a green party, which was the top three biggest fears of the Jets season. Number one, Zach Wilson gets hurt and Jets fans actually cheer. Chad Pennington sprained his ankle. Jets fans went crazy. I forget who was the backup back in 07 when he got injured. Kellen Clemens. Oh, they wanted yeah, Kellen Clemens. Oh, Kellen Clemens, because you know he was just amazing. Number two, DA, is the return of drunk Joe Namath. Ah. I want to kiss you. I couldn't care less about the team struggling. I had to turn and ask my dad, like, what the heck was that? But after all these years, I finally get it. Joe did nothing wrong. The only way to watch Jets games is to get completely yeah, hammered. True. That's why when, they, when they're down 28 points in the second quarter and they haven't even crossed midfield yet, <laughs> you really couldn't care less about the team <laughs> struggling. <laughs> I was confused by drunk Joe Willie at nine years old, but at 26, I totally get it. Let Joe live. And number three, DA, ghosts. Seen ghosts. This isn't angels in the outfield. This is poltergeist. This is paranormal activity. This is horrifying. The ghosts of the Jets ruined Sam Darnold. Quite frankly, they've ruined part of my life. And I can almost guarantee the ghosts of the Jets will be back this season. <laughs> Go get him, Connor! Uh, how easily did these come to you? Very easy. <laughs> I could have done the top 50 fears of Jets fans this season. We all know as Jets fans... How difficult it is every year, and there's always something. And the Jets, they're always, it's not even like they're just bad. Yeah. They're always the butt of everybody's jokes. Right. Literally, with the butt yeah. fumble. Yeah. They are literally the butt of everybody's jokes, or they're seeing ghosts, or whatever ridiculous thing it is. They're always making headlines for the wrong reasons. They're like the Kardashians. <laughs> they're never making headlines for good things, positive things. It's the wrong reasons. I could just keep going on and on, and I can talk about the history of me being a Jets fan. I'm only 26. My dad's 60. He's been a fan of this team for, like, 50, 50 years. Like, imagine with these poor guys, the guys that are in their 60s or 70s, yeah. the poor memories that these guys have. They don't have any positive memories really at all no. of their team. 
No, if you're a Jets fan and your your only lone glory was the 1968 Super Bowl and either you were too young to remember it or that's now 55, 54 years ago or something like that, that's a half century of torture. And my dad was, I believe, like six or seven at the mm. time. And so he was watching it. I don't even think they had like a color TV back then. I really don't think they had a color TV. That's how long ago it was. And because he was so young and, like, really didn't know anything back then, sure, he was rooting, like, for the Colts. Oh, he no! He was rooting for the Colts. And people in the house were like, no, you have to root for the Jets. <laughs> he didn't even root for the right team because he was so young. That's his best memory as a Jet fan is that moment. And he wasn't even rooting for his team. <laughs> your, your first one on the list was that you remember. Your, your biggest fear is that, Zach Wilson's going to get hurt and Jets fans are going to cheer because you were scarred permanently, as you mentioned, when you went to a game and you were young and Chad Pennington got injured and everybody cheered in the crowd because they wanted Kellen Clemens to come in. Kellen Clemens. I tried to find a clip of this online. I couldn't find anything. I think the Johnson family has had this wiped (laughs) off the internet using their connections with big tech. I think they had it wiped. I was there, I remember, in 2007, and the Jets were going to be bad that year. But the idea that, like, people were so excited for Kellen Clemens. This was not the the second coming (laughs) of Peyton Manning. It was Kellen Clemens. To the point that Chad Pennington, who gets a lot of flack in New York from Jets fans, really is probably their second best quarterback ever. Think about that. Their second best quarterback ever. And this guy is hobbling off the field. He's always been a good guy. He's never been like a troublemaker, (laughs) never getting in trouble with the law, a team first kind of guy, limping off the field. I can barely walk, like on his hands and knees, crawling (laughs) off the field. And people are cheering like it's the single greatest thing that has ever happened in the history of Jets football. And I remember looking at my dad because we have season tickets looking. I was like, what is going on with this team? I was like 12 at the time. And I was like, is this really the people that we're associating ourselves with? This is our fan base rooting for a quarterback to get hurt and cheering as he's writhing in pain on the ground. (laughs) Oh. And Jets fans are already sick of Zach Wilson. <laughs> already. <laughs> it's been one exhibition, one scrimmage. Yeah, and you just know something. Like, you already are hearing the stories about how he's not ready, he's not prepared, he's coming out of BYU. And then one of the things I was going to do on my list of fears is, like, Zach Wilson's mom, who is sort of becoming, like, a headline grabber with her social media activity. Next thing you know, she'll be on TikTok, <laughs> dancing on TikTok with, like, the D'Amelio sisters or whatever, and Zach Wilson will be throwing three picks a game, and the headlines will be Zach Wilson, mom, media superstar, Zach Wilson, disaster on the field. And you just know they're going to be the butt of the joke. Like, it's not going to be a fun season. It's going to be a disaster. You can see it coming. Are you on TikTok? Unfortunately, I am. Okay, so are you the type of person that has an account to follow everybody else and not post anything, or do you post your own videos? No, I just follow, like, there's, I don't really even follow that many accounts, but the way TikTok works is it's sort of like there's a For You page, which is like Twitter's homepage, but even if you don't follow any of the other accounts, they'll just give you, like, the most popular videos of the day. And you get some funny stuff, you get, you know, whatever it may be. I follow a lot of, the one person I do follow is this woman who owns, like, a farm in I don't even know where it is, but she has like the donkeys and the horses. And I was like, that seems like a really nice life. And now I tell people I want to own a ranch one day. Really? And everyone laughs in my face. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I want to move to, I told my mom, I want to move to like Maine and own a ranch. 
And is it because of this woman's TikTok? Yeah, I love the horses. I love the animals. Big fan <laughs> of all that stuff. But my thing is always like, I want to own the farm, but do none of the farm work. Got it. I want to hang out with the horses. Got it. Roll around with the pigs. Uh-huh. But if you ask me to like plant some carrots or whatever happens, <laughs> uh, no shot. I whatever have to hire happens. A guy. Whatever happens <laughs> on a farm. Whatever happens over there. So you kind of want to just be a guest at a petting zoo for your entire life. Right. I want to hang out with the animals and the dogs and just have a good time. Wake up late, get a little cup of coffee, and then just maybe ride a horse for a little bit. But then when it comes to like, you know, cleaning the cow manure, we're going to have to find like a ranch hand or something. It's just amazing that truly your greatest day would be just being a 14-year-old. <laughs> right. You love sleeping late. You love eating Crunchberry cereal. You love playing video games. You love petting zoo animals or farm animals, really. And you love eating frozen pizza. Right. The perfect day would be you wake up, you get a little gaming in, you have a cup of coffee, a bowl of crunch berries, you get the frozen pizza ready for later, you go out, you pet a couple animals, you maybe ride a horse, you hang out with the dogs, you come back home, you play some more video games, have the frozen pizza, and then the night's your own. You can keep playing video games if you want. You can walk the dogs. You can do whatever you want. That's really my ideal day. And then maybe I'll have like a Red Bull. That's another <laughs> okay. thing as a 14-year-old. That's my like dream day. There's no work in there. No. no. No, there's no work in there. There's no alcohol in there. There's no drugs in there. There's no women in there. There's no gambling <laughs> in there. There's no adult vices in there. Your best day is what a 14-year-old would really love to do it's a very sad state of affairs <laughs> it's not a good thing at, at 26 years old there should be other things that i find interest in other than that there really should be and there should be other foods that i'm willing to eat other than like i found out i told you this yesterday i only found out what a truffle was yeah on sunday well they're very expensive so I, i'm gonna give you a pass on that yeah maybe like that's a high society type food yeah. but i always thought when people said pigs rooting around for truffles I was like, okay, I guess pigs like chocolate. Like, I didn't know that it was, you know, a mushroom that smelled bad this entire time. So do you just not have a palate that likes to explore? Or, like, do you try new things and hate them? Or do you just like the things that you like and you never want to veer too far off that? It's kind of a combination of the two. Like, I don't really try new foods that often. And I'm not a fan of leafy greens or any of those things. I'm not a real adventurous eater. So I keep it simple. And even when I order, like I go to get fast food all the time, I like to get 10-piece chicken nuggets and fries. That's it. Like, I don't want any fancy stuff. I get a burger, no pickles. Uh, and when I go to a restaurant and I want a burger, because they always try to get really fancy. Yeah. Even with the simple foods. They want to put lettuce, tomatoes, onions, mustard which is just egregious you cannot put mustard on a burger no, i, I always have that. to say just give me a burger just cheese and burger that's it that's no ketchup i'll put the ketchup on myself okay but i like to, okay so i like to dunk the burger in the ketchup okay that's what i do so really you're taking a burger from a restaurant and making it at mcdonald's hamburger right and then i dunk the burger in the ketchup like a 14 <laughs> not even a four <laughs> like a four-year-old child that's what i do and one time I ordered, I said, I'd like a burger, but just, like, nothing on it, just cheese and burger. And I got back to my place, and all I had was cheese in between the buns. They thought I just wanted cheese. Oh, no. And the buns. Yeah. That's it's a, a very difficult life. I mean, really, <laughs> this is very difficult. <laughs> so, how do we make this happen? 
How do we make Connor have the greatest day of his life as just his best 14-year-old self? Like, this should be a Truman Show episode. They should set up cameras in my uh, apartment. I live uh-huh. by myself. Oh, wow. I thought you had a roommate. I used to live in a place where I had, it was a three-bedroom apartment, and I had three roommates, and I split a room with another guy. Uh-huh. So that got a little bit tiring. And then those guys, they work in different businesses, so they were making a little bit of money, and they realized they all of a sudden didn't want to live in very close quarters with all these different people. So Squalid conditions. Yeah, they didn't want to live in squalor anymore, <laughs> so they decided to move to New York City. So now I live by myself. We could set up the cameras. You know, I can have maybe MTV come in and we can see what happens. It might be the lowest rated TV show in the history of American television because it's just me sitting there watching TV, eating crunch berries or playing video games. And then occasionally I'll leave and go for a bike ride and then come back. And it's just me. That's about it. So the issue at play is that you don't have anybody else to balance your life with other activities. You don't have parents around, family members around that would make a big meal. You don't have friends around that would want to make a different breakfast. You don't have anybody around that would want to watch a different TV show. You are now just left to your own devices, which means you are kind of like Tom Hanks in Big. Yeah, and I think that's true, but I also had situations in the past, like when I had roommates, my one roommate was always cooking and he had the cast iron skillet and all that stuff and he's always making fancy foods but i just leafy greens and he would want leafy greens <laughs> and he would have onions and things on there and I, I just he was always like you want a little bit i'll make it for you and i was like you know you, you really are overflowing with the leafy greens so i'm gonna just stick away from that and i think i'm gonna order like a burger for takeout tell me you have posters of your favorite athletes on the wall I don't have that. Okay. I won't go to that Like a level. fat head of Derek Jeter or something? No? Don't have that. I do have a, like, picture of the old Yankee Stadium. Okay. Which I think is retro enough that I don't have any pennants, no pennants, no fat heads, no Michael Jordan paint, you know, posters, none of the athlete so posters. That's relatively mature of you. Yeah. So at least I do some things in a mature way. But so, when it comes to eating, <laughs> forget about it. And activities in general. Yeah. So you're not sitting around the house then in, like... A Sam Darnold jersey and sweatpants. No. Okay. I won't do that. Okay, so that's, that's And I positive. only really wear jerseys when I actually physically go to games. I'm not a big... I'll wear the t-shirt, like a Yankee t-shirt, but not a big jersey guy just walking around. I, I notice around here, you know, you would think that it's just... Everybody wears jerseys all the time around here and team-issued apparel. You never seem to wear Yankee or Jet stuff. Not a big, like, yeah, I always kind of feel somewhat weird, you know, especially working for, like, a national station, walking around with team apparel on, because then it's like, people sort of assume that you're not going to have an unbiased opinion. You know, you're going to have some level of bias if you show up wearing all sorts of Jets gear. Yeah. Like, I'll talk about the fact that I am a Jets fan, but I don't want it to be that I'm just a biased Jets fan who, like, just will hate the Patriots no matter what, and the Dolphins, they suck. Like, I try to keep it so that I'm not, you know, openly super biased in favor of my team. So pseudo-professional, unlike most of the people that work here. Yeah, I try my best. (laughs) I try my best, except for the fact I talk about eating crunch berries 95% of the times I get on the air. That's about, that's my only problem. i got to figure that out. 
That's your one weakness. It's your one <laughs> professional flaw is that you can't stop publicly talking about how much you adore Crunchberries. You know, there's some addictions in life that are bad. I'm addicted to talking about Crunchberries <laughs> on national radio. Syndicated to hundreds of affiliates. I just can't stop talking about Crunchberries. Does your mom ever say, like, Connor, we, we need you to, to mature a little bit, grow up a little bit, try new foods, try to, to hang out with new people, maybe not play as many video games, or is she cool with what you're doing? No, she's okay with it because the video games have not become a major problem outside of the last month or so. I got, <laughs> okay. I got into the video games again. So now we're gaming a little bit. You know, I might get a gaming chair. We'll see what happens. The oh. neck is hurting because oh, yeah, you said. Yeah, it, it's, you know, it's a little bit too high, so we might have to figure that situation out. But before that, for the most part, I wasn't a big gaming guy. So that wasn't a huge problem. Uh-huh. And the other stuff, the food stuff, I think they would probably rather me eat, you know, not only more mature foods, but just healthier foods. <laughs> like, I think they would hope that I would eat a little bit healthier. But I think they realize I am who I am. My sister is also not somebody that's a real adventurous eater. Or my cousins. Any, we, we go out to eat and we'll get chicken fingers and french fries. It just sort of is <laughs> how the Green family operates. That's how we like it. So so you order the same things that my seven-year-old cousin does. He only eats chicken fingers. That's it. You play the hits. <laughs> you don't need to get too crazy. because Sometimes you just play the hits. Don't overthink it. Right. You don't want to do too much thinking. You have other things in life you want to think about. For dinner, just give me the chicken fingers and give me the fries. That's it. Third and three, run the football. Let's not get crazy Right. Here. We don't. don't need to get with Andy Reid doing <laughs> shovel passes and throwing it deep. Let's just run the ball and win the game. That's it. <laughs> well, it's been great to have you here uh, on the show this week. And uh, this has been a lot of fun. And I think I'm going to go to Cap after we're done with this. And I'm going to say, Cap, how do we make the Connor Green show happen. I want one day filmed from multiple angles of Connor's apartment just to see what it looks like. It will be a sad day if Andrew Kaplan is driving out to my apartment to set up cameras in there while I just sit and watch TV. It'll be a sad day. <laughs> the fishbowl of Connor Green. All right, that, that is side A. Here comes Bogues with a special guest on side B. You ain't getting no singing intro from me this week here on Side B. It's Bogus in for the one and only Sean Morash, who would normally be yodeling or something at this point of the show, but not this week with Shawnee on vacation. Because he's on vacation, as you've noticed, things are all over the place. You just heard from me and Connor with DA on Side A. Now here on Side B, we're going to introduce you to one of the new slash old voices that you're going to be hearing on the show in the next couple of weeks. We have entered one of those parts of the calendar where the five of us are not going to be in the room on the show at the same time for a while right now. Sean's off this week. Next week, DA and myself are off. I think then there's a Bilotti vacation somewhere after that. So we're going to get almost to Labor Day before we are all back together as a show. And... As you've also noticed, we are doing things differently now when DA is out or Sean is out or when I'm is out, uh, when I'm out, and we've got different people cycling in, um, some new voices, some new formats, and the big thing right now is we're keeping kind of that um, main host sidekick that Sean wants to call himself role moving forward. I've stepped into Sean's role when he's been gone. D- Sean has become DA and I've become Sean, and now starting this Friday... 
I'm going to be DA, and our next guest is going to be Sean, I guess. And then next week, Sean's going to be in charge, and this guy will be here as well for some of those days. You've heard his name mentioned on the show before. You have heard him throughout CBS Sports Radio. He's Ryan Hickey, and he's with us here now on Side B. Hickey, welcome aboard, man. Bogus. Thanks for having me. Some big shoes to fill, literally and figuratively, this Friday. So we'll, uh, we'll try to do our best here. So for those listeners that are only been tuned in to 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern and might be missing your current work on the network, who the hell are you? Well, I am the producer <laughs> of the Zach Elf Show on CBS Sports. Where so you guys are up early, 6A to 10A on the East Coast. We are up, I guess, later on, 6P to 10P on the East Coast, 3 to 7 on the West Coast. So producing for Zach, having a lot of fun uh, doing that show Monday through Friday and just trying to keep things afloat, keep the ship moving, and that's uh, that's really been the, the main uh, responsibility in the uh, late afternoon slash evenings on CBS Sports Radio. Now, as you know, um, there is a history, and sometimes not a completely positive history, between the DA show and the Zach Gelb show. Professional courtesy, professional respect. We love what Zach does. Zach loves us. But there have been times where the shows have gone back and forth, trading barbs. Uh, We've been at times mad at Zach for putting up polls of your show during our show, um, you know, like commandeering bits and characters. There's been some. There's been some back and forth. So, did you have to get clearance from Zach to come hang out with us the next couple of days? Yes, thankfully, at least for right now, the ice has seemingly thawed. Now, I will not lie, Bogus, I know, like you said, the shows have been back and forth. And for the most part, I have steered clear of the controversy, steered clear of the drama. Um, But I I can't lie, last week when the um, CBS Sports Radio Fight Club discussion was first, I guess, created (laughs) by Zach... If you could get into a fight with one producer here at CBS Sports Radio in training camp, right? Now, how about one host here at CBS Sports Radio? You have an easy out here. You have a real easy out because of your relationship with that person. DA. Wow, I didn't even think it would be DA. I'm thinking of guys I could beat up. I'm not going to get in a fight with someone I can't beat up. I'm not going to fight Tiki. He would murder me. BT is bigger than me. He would beat me up. Um, JR... I don't know about JR. Bill, I've seen Bill. He gets pretty crazy. Jim Rome, I fight Jim Rome getting fired, so I'm not doing that. So, you know, I'm only, you know, well, I'm not. If you fight DA, I think you're getting fired too. Probably, but at least I could win that fight. You know, it's not a terrible take. <laughs> I was a little nervous the next day. I'd be getting a call saying, hey, I know the schedule has you in the morning. Zach did clear, you know, the the, uh, the fences were mended for a little bit, but unfortunately, you know, because of what you said, trying to pick on DA and try to start a fight, that unfortunately uh, we have to revoke the hosting privileges. So, so far, I don't want to jinx anything, but Zach has given the approval. I want to say the ice is throwing, and I'm glad I didn't shoot myself in the foot after, uh, I don't want to say call out DA, but I think made an educated um, guess. Uh, just for myself and my small bill, that is, if I have to get in a fight, you know, I'm just trying to not get killed out there. Yeah, see, I was going to bring this up because it was interesting timing. It almost seemed like you went from getting the email, the text to, hey, we're going to, you know, can you fill in on the DA show to saying you could beat up DA, and that was very interesting strategy from you. See, the issue was, Bogus, I was just caught in the moment. You know, Zach asked, hey, who would you take in a fight? I'm like, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm running through the list 
I'm like, man, a lot of people would beat me up here. And then it's all of a sudden, without even thinking, without even thinking about my future, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess DA I, I could do. And then it's, then it's like three minutes later, I'm like, wait a second, maybe I should have said someone else. Because now it's like, right, the, the, the opportunity is lined up, and the last thing you need is to, uh, to lose that. So I, I can't lie. After saying DA, there was some quick regret there. Um, but I'm glad it did go over well, at least I, I believe, the next day. Yeah. And I, and I think you did have reality on your side here because when you go through our roster, you really only can end up if you're, and you and I are, I wouldn't say, um, we're in the same ballpark size wise. Neither, I mean, you're, you're bigger, you're younger, you're probably stronger, more athletic than me, but neither one of us is 6'4, 225, you know, bench pressing 7,000 pounds back. or whatever. Exactly. So when you go through our rundown, and as you said this, first of all, you can't touch Jim Rome. So no matter what Rome is, he's right. out. You can't. That's untouchable. Neither one of us could handle Tiki and or Tierney. Um, I don't know Jr., but I assume Jr. is tougher than me because that's my default assumption about ninety nine percent of all other adult adults, basically. And Gelb has a size advantage, so I know I couldn't take down Gelb. So if I'm answering the question now, I get down to Ryder and Da as well, and. I'm spooked by, and I said this to him on the air, there is definitely uh, an anger slash rage inside Ryder that I that wants to come out that I don't sense in DA. So like if you fought Ryder, you'd put yourself in danger of getting beat up because of something that has nothing to do with you. You just become the person, the target that all of that rage comes out on. I don't think DA has that. I would probably still lose to DA, but at least the danger of like... DA killing me by accident out of rage doesn't exist where it might with Ryder. Bogus, you said perfectly. Before I produced for Zach Gell full time, I was on Bill's show three days a week running the board. And, oh, I have seen it. It doesn't come out. You're right. It doesn't come out very often. A lot of people make the same mistake because Bill is so nice, so just kind, that unless you truly give me reason to light the, like flip the switch, he will, and to your point, it comes out very rarely, but there's so much rage that, to your point, even though I know the discussion was, oh, Bill's out of shape, he talks about how out of shape he is, but the thing is, to your point, there's so much in there that as soon as you kind of give him a reason to let it out, yeah, I would be afraid of dying. So, you're right, I mean, Dio would probably beat me up, but if I'm talking about just not getting embarrassed, just giving myself a chance, unfortunately, he is the answer, because you're right, Bill, unless you truly either know Bill or have seen it firsthand, you would never assume that there's a big mean streak in him, but oh, there is. Oh boy, and it gets dangerous. <laughs> uh, Ryan Hickey's with us here on Side B before hanging out with me this Friday and then with Sean multiple dates next week on the show with both me and DA off next week. Um, Hickey, I'm a bad mothership member. I have a terrible memory. I have not done my due diligence in researching the DA window that was 6 to 10 p.m. here on the network. I was there at the beginning working mornings while they were finishing their shift, so I know that era pretty well. And now I've been a part of 9 to 12 and now 6 to 10. So in that 6 to 10 p.m. window, did you ever work fill in on the show, or is this going to be your very first time fully on the mothership? Oh, no, I have, I have been. That was a you have, right? Yes, I filled in back when Joe Deluisio was a member of the team, and I believe James Ward as well. Um, I would fill in for, for those fellows that they would take off here and there, or Sean would take off. I would fill in 
um, for them. So it was, it was very, you know, obviously that was a few years ago, but spot spot starts here and there, because they called up from the uh, from the minors to fill in for uh, during six to ten at night. Now we are talking. It's Wednesday morning as we're hanging out here. Da and I did side A on Tuesday. Hoping to talk to you after that, but we couldn't find you because you were on your way to a Jimmy Buffett concert, A, at 10 in the morning, but B, um, and, I, and I, if you don't know what a Jimmy Buffett concert is, it should make sense that Hickey was on his way there at 9, 10 in the morning because <laughs> that's actually probably late for some people getting to a Jimmy Buffett yeah. concert. I, I think it was at Jones Beach in Long Island, and I'm not too far from there. And I spent two hours last night in crazy lightning and downpours. So did you even see a show last night? We did. Thank you for the show went on. Jimmy was performing. Now, he was under, you know, under a stage. He was covered. But, man, it, it was amazing. It was nice all day. And show starts at 8. All of a sudden, we're getting online. The clouds start rolling in. You can see some lightning bolts in the distance. Nothing. No cancellation. No discussion of stopping the show. And literally, we get to our seats, sings one song, and then, boom, the skies open up for basically the entirety of the show. Two hours straight down for it. Now, thankfully, it wasn't canceled. They kept the show going. There's no lightning, I guess, anywhere near uh, where we were at Jones Beach. So the show went on. First time at a Jimmy Buffett concert, which was amazing. Um, so you were pointing, so we left at 10 a.m. and got there late. We barely got in the main parking lot. That's how early oh. people do get there and kind of celebrate Jimmy Buffett Day. Uh, but, yeah, for the first time experience, it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Highly suggest you have an opportunity to go. And even the little, you know, little rain couldn't, uh, couldn't damper the party. Now, the last thing I want to ask you about is something that I know very little about from your background. I've only Ooh. heard bits and pieces, but I think it's important to know this about you before we get you on the air on Friday and then next week. Walk me through the Ryan Hickey high school football career. Oh, very pristine, very storied high school football career. Played football <laughs> four years. I went to St. John's Baptist High School. So unlike a lot of public schools, uh, my high school had a freshman football team. So usually just JV varsity, we had a freshman team. Caught two touchdowns on the freshman team, no big deal. Um, for whatever reason, don't ask me, ask the JV coach. Relegated to, like, special teamer slash, like, second string receiver JV year. Um, I don't want to say it was a standout on the kickoff team, but let's just say, you know, there's a lot of tackles made by yours truly. You are the Steve the Tasker coach. of JV special teams. You can say it. It's fine. That's a great comparison. That is. That is perfect. Thank you, Bogus. The Steve Tasker JV year. We went to the championship JV year. Unfortunately, did lose, but, you know, what are you going to do? And then, yeah, junior, senior year, varsity receiver. Senior year, this is this shows you just both how pathetic our team was and, and really if you're relying on me, how, how in trouble you are. We were a spread offense team. You know, we ran the ball a lot. We also threw the ball a decent amount for a high school team. I was the only receiver to catch a touchdown pass. I caught two touchdown passes senior year. So that's the only receiver. So even though we threw the ball a good amount, only one wide receiver senior year caught touchdown passes. So that kind of just, I guess, highlights maybe, yeah, we're not a good team. If I was on the field more times than not, that's probably not a good sign in terms of trying to win games. <laughs> and then that led to a actual tryout at Penn State, even though they did not know who I was. I just walked on. You know, they give out those flyers on campus. Hey, you want to try out and yeah. give a shot? And then I dropped a pass at Hippo, Brian in the foot. And there's the end of my football career. Just like that. <laughs> that was it. One and done? <laughs> One and done. Bill O'Brien's face when he, when he saw what happened, it was, I don't think I've seen someone more disgusted in their life. Um, that was the longest like hour and a half following the tryout, I think, ever. I don't think I caught another ball because I was so mentally um, just frazzled. And that's what I knew. You know what? Yeah, this is not like high school. And I'm just going to hang it up while uh, – I can't say a quote while I'm ahead, but I'm just going to hang it up before I guess I embarrass myself even more. 
So that's that's well, the he, quick synopsis of a pretty brutal high school football career. And and here's my high school athletic career. I was the backup second baseman on varsity baseball, and then I played freshman and JV basketball. Now I will say this: I scored one point as the last man off the bench. As a freshman, one point in the entire season. I scored 19 over my sophomore year, and wow. I'm going to believe that that's the greatest single-season increase in New York City high school history, to go from one point to 19. I mean, that, that math is astronomical, and I pulled that off, so that's where I hang my hat on from high school. Bogus, I like that. And certainly you, you, you literally quit you were ahead. Yeah, you know, big turnaround for you. Know, one of the biggest shows you've ever seen, like you mentioned, in New York high school basketball. I said, you know what? I'm done. You guys missed out. You know, you yeah. haven't started me. This is what happens. I'm going to hang it up. See you later. I like that. Yeah. No joke. I knew I was playing baseball in the spring junior year, and I was at least acceptable as a baseball player. I chose Driver Zed for the fall <laughs> instead of instead of instead of trying out for varsity basketball because if if I made it I wouldn't have played I would have again been the guy that was in charge of like getting everybody's practice jersey size and ordering those and being the guy you know they chant my name when the score is bad enough that I'm allowed to go into the game <laughs> so instead of doing that I learned how to drive and then I played some baseball barely in the spring so who had the last lap it was you driving to school every day you had, you had the last lap Exactly, Hickey. All right, well, that's Ryan Hickey, a very small introduction, long-form Hickey, starting on Friday with me on the DA Show and then with Sean next week with DA and myself out. Hickey, we can't wait to hang out with you. Thanks for uh, spending time with us today, and we'll see you again later this week. Bogus, thanks so much. Really excited for uh, Friday. Looking forward to it. Thanks for having me on. All right, there's Ryan Hickey. I'm Bogus for Sean, for Billy G. Thanks for listening to Side B on the PGP. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. 